What's up, guys? Welcome to the Don't Quit Your Day Job podcast. I am your host, Maxim Allen, and today I am interviewing a very good friend of mine who does a million creative things. That's almost impossible to sum <laughs> up exactly what he does. But today we've got Caleb Clark on the show. Woo! What's up, yo? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, uh, Caleb, you do like a million things like yeah. you, you do so many things so you do like photography fashion design getting into vi- videography you do animation you yeah. work with work on music videos yeah. so much yeah <laughs> <laughs> i do a, i do a lot of different things um i i kind of i used to try and be restricted to one thing but now the more i work on stuff people are like hey um do you uh do you know how to do this? Have you ever tried this? Or I'll just I I get bored and I I have a short attention span too. So like <laughs> <laughs> I try and like just preoccupy my time with like visual things. Yeah, that's a good way to put yeah. it. It's a lot of visual stuff. Yeah, you're a visual artist of many forms. Exactly. And you're also a stand-up comedian, and yeah. <laughs> I should warn all of you tuning into this podcast is most of the people I interview are also going to yeah. be comedians. <laughs> We're just going to be making jokes about half the stuff that we do, our passions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I guess uh, let's get, get a little bit of background in yourself. Um, where, where are you from? And uh, yeah, what, like, what, what are you in a nutshell up to this point? Um... I am from Colorado. Um, oh, same. <laughs> wow. Wow. We haven't what? talked about that a million times before. <laughs> you like water, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was raised in Colorado. I um I started I started honestly crazy enough, like my first thing into art was a uh, well, my mom and my grandma always took me to art museums all the time. Even when I came to New York, I was always going to the museums. And then um, after that, I my, found out my dad used to do graffiti, and Ooh. I found one of his graffiti books. That's sick. Wow. And I taught myself how to do graffiti off of some of his uh, draft books with all his graffitis and stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, from there, I was, it was down the rabbit hole. Um, I started just coloring and drawing i went to a i went to a school a magnet school like okay an arts specifically yeah yeah and i auditioned to get into a like the arts program the magnus art program which was heavily based on art and that was the last time i was ever allowed to do graffiti they were like yeah you can't do that well okay so how old were you when you started doing the graffiti um i was in middle school okay and the magnet school is for high school is that how that worked yeah so you got like two years of like graffiti doing that yeah and then they were like paint this draw this bowl of fruit and i was like (laughs) you can't graffiti a bowl of fruit (laughs) (laughs) you can't spray paint that on a train (laughs) yeah (laughs) And so uh, I did that, and they it was really annoying, though, because there was this girl that drew anime all the time. Mm-hmm. Every fucking project was an anime-based thing, and, yeah. and they're like, I did a, a triptych, which is three different designs, mm-hmm. it, but that come together to make one design, and it was a gra- graffiti-based design, and they were like, yeah, you can't do that. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Ugh. She just did anime <laughs> last project, this project, and guess what? The next project is going to be a still life anime fucking fruit bowl how am i how can i not 
her still life is just like a bento box like. <laughs> with cute eyes. Why wouldn't they let you do graffiti? That seems like really just like unnecessarily discriminatory against the, just a type of art. Yo, they, it was like they wanted. I don't. I don't know. They said they wanted me to uh, expand my boundaries, but I was like, "That's the." I mean, I I get that, but like, I still wanted to do um, graffiti. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I still wanted. Like I I'm cool with expanding, but like you, I was trying to interpret graffiti with everything, but that kind of just died away. But also during that time, I uh, I was taking um, film photography. Okay. Yeah. And we had a my school had a. a a dark room mm-hmm. and we also had a um we had a dark room and what else did we have we had a graphic design lab so at that time i wasn't good at photoshop but i knew how photoshop works so i worked with one of my best friends and she i told her i after i figured out like basically i don't know i i like i like using computers and everything and i, I after i figured out how photoshop worked with layers and how you could cut stuff out mm-hmm. my mind was just running a million miles per hour after that yeah. and i made like for one of my projects i made a uh i took a photo where i was sitting at the table arguing with myself mm-hmm. and my prof- my teacher was like wow caleb how did you do that <laughs> and i was like wait what she I'm like and she taught me how to do all the things that i was doing and uh from there it kind of uh, i like doing photo manipulation and um photography and figuring out you can manipulate your photos with photoshop was pretty fun but i didn't i stopped doing graphic design up until then when i went to like when did i I started I started doing a little bit more illustration mm-hmm. after I went to a concert in high school. A yeah. concert? Yeah, I took, a, I took a photo of my favorite rapper, then I started drawing on it. Oh. And he, I posted it on Instagram, and he like shared it. He Ooh. put it on his Instagram, and I was like, wow, people like this? And then... <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which rapper was it? Um, he's from California. His name is... So I like a lot of West Coast music, mm-hmm. and um, his name was David Steezy. Okay. Cool dude, Filipino rapper, hot bars, um, <laughs> HPK gang, what's good, and um, and I am Sue and all these other people. But um, I just took a picture of him and it, it came out really cool. And I from like from from messing around with with, with uh film photography, I just started um sh- carrying a camera around and I would just shoot stuff. I didn't know why I was shooting stuff, but I would just shoot stuff and um. I started to like learn more about it. I wasn't editing photos. I had no idea what Lightroom was or any of these right. editing things. Yeah. Just things shooting like, an auto yeah. JPEG. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um am I like even growing up, my dad always had cameras mm-hmm. around. So yeah. I was able to uh learn about uh I was always around a camera to like shoot and just fuck around with. So I didn't I never knew what I was doing and then took me to going to uh even though I kind of learned how a camera worked in high school, I'm not going to say that my te- my photography teacher was bad, but she was a ditzy lady. So we were, <laughs> there was a lot of people just fucking around half the time. Yeah. Like with chemicals, like those chemicals that you use in dark rooms, oh. we should not have been around those chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. And then from there, I, um, I went to college for graphic design, and then I said, fuck that. I don't want to be behind a computer mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Yeah. Ended up learning. I 
stopped that major, did journalism, ended up being behind a computer doing graphic design. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't choose this life. It chose me. Wow. So you, you've been like doing so much from such a young age, like doing all these little pieces. Yeah. Um. So how long have you been in New York City now? Like, I talked to my mom last week. It was a year and a half, eight months, and I think she said like two weeks. Okay. Yeah. It's been a while. Okay. So part of your, why did you move to New York City? What was like, I know like, like I moved here for comedy. A lot of people here move here for the creative scene. Was there a specific type of thing that you were into Um, and chasing after? Well, yeah, I, um, when I left Colorado, I was leaving a full-time job as a content creator as a, at a lumber yard. At a lumber yard? Yeah. Tell bro. me about this. <laughs> well, I could tell you about some wood. This right here, <laughs> genuine wood right here. You can tell by uh, the grain. By the way it is. And by the way, you can tell by the way it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I was working at a, I never knew you could make so much content or know so much about wood, but I was hanging around, hanging around people that could look at a fence post and tell you what type of tree like breed or strain of tree that is <laughs> what kind of breed of breed tree? of tree yeah i'm a tree breeder so just, what what was your like content creation like what were you making were you doing bro. just like like social media type posts yeah. like so i did social media management and content creation so i would go out and take so they did wood lumber and granite and marble so i would go and i would take pictures of the marble slabs okay Figure out how to make that interesting. Throw a little copy on there. That's a industry talk for words. <laughs> <laughs> um, throw a copy on that. I would um, go and my 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 boss was a huge fan of Gary V. Gary Vandercheck. Oh God, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> and he was like, "How do you make wood interesting? You go where wood is being used and to, uh, and talk to people who like that wood that wood shit." So. <laughs> I was talking to a whole bunch of contractors about projects. I would record them and interview them. Mm-hmm. And that's also, that's where I learned. I mean, I learned a little bit in school about like recording and interviewing, but like that job showed me how to record audio and, um, and like shoot in an interview type of setting and everything gotcha. like that. And from there, I, <laughs> about wood. I love this. Cause it's like this, like if this were any other, like, famous creator story <laughs> like the it's like your first job like and this is the place where i learned the skills that would help me for the rest of my career and yours is about lumber yeah. like who are these people who have <laughs> who has more than five minutes to talk about about Yo, lumber like that's hilarious i talked to this dude about this deck that he was building for like 20 minutes and it was just like, in my mind, I was like, yo, this dude is getting super horny over this wood right now. Like horny for wood. Like, wow. He was, but it was, <laughs> it was cool. I liked it because even though I wasn't a huge fan of wood at the time, now I'm a huge fan of it. Love it. Whenever I see a forest, slow clap the whole entire time. <laughs> um, no, it was just cool to see people being passionate about something. And um, even though I wasn't into landscaping, at that well i'm still not but i like uh, <laughs> i like i like being around passionate people regardless of what they're right. passionate about and that was that was really cool motive like what was motivational for me and um basically 
some crazy stuff happened while I lived in Colorado before I left, like my car getting stolen mm-hmm. and all my equipment being in my car. And oh. I was just like, fuck it. I like I didn't even like that job to begin with. Um also before I before I the right before I left, I worked in an ice cream parlor tattoo shop. It was one in the same. That's dope. That's pretty cool. It was really cool. Did you do any any tattoo art while you're there? Or? Um no, unfortunately <laughs> no. <laughs> not. I and it was really hard because like I like tattoos. I have a couple and I wanted to get more. And it, that was the ultimate self control because I got they they all the tattoo artists were like, "Hey, Caleb, free tattoos, man, whenever you want." <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh my god, I want that." <laughs> yeah. So, but um, that was that was fun too. I got to I, I made a vinyl wrap for ice cream trucks for uh for freezers and everything. And the guy that um that was there before the whose job i took he i wasn't i didn't know how to do graphic design before then and then that guy was top took a master class by virgil abloh mm-hmm. and he passed away um rest in peace drew and he i i had to go through all his files and figure and deconstruct how he made all of them yeah so I, then i was able to learn how to do some aspects of graphic design on a program on adobe illustrator and from there i was able to like start getting better at graphic design and everything and then after that i kind of me and the 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 tattoo ice cream parlor thingy we kind of just were at a, a moment where like yeah I don't like it here. You don't like me here. Let's just, <laughs> let's just next week. I won't show up. How about yeah. <laughs> that? And that was, that was cool. It was a mutual understanding, but um, I still love those guys. Um, Drawing a blank at, oh, custom ink in Colorado. If you ever okay. go to custom ink, um, that's in Colorado Springs. It's or? in Denver. Oh, okay. Um, The owner's name is Yayo. Coolest, scary looking dude ever. Super <laughs> fucking nice. Um, but yeah, after that, I I did I did all that stuff, and then I I kind of I got tired of working at these jobs where I was basically behind a computer all the time, working on projects that I wasn't necessarily interested in mm-hmm. or exciting about excited about. Even though you think I, I I did like working with ice cream brands that yeah. that was fun. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. and the free ice cream it was gourmet ice cream, and so um. I, I I just I packed up all my stuff. I could either buy a new car or just go to New York. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I don't want to pay for like I want to I don't want to buy a new car. I just fuck it. I'll go to New York. And then from there, um, before I left, I, I locked down an internship as a stylist assistant. Okay. Um, and uh, I have a I had a I have a clothing brand. <laughs> I got I made a clothing brand when I, while I was in college called Cones Collective. Okay. And it's still around right now. But um from there making that brand, I I had to wear a lot of different hats. Doing branding, brand anything that had to do with branding, writing copy for brand brands. I co-designed the the streetwear and cloth the clothing and stuff. I was in charge of setting up the photo shoots, the website make the product shots all of that and so i was had a good idea of how to and i was i was scouting models for my brand because i wanted it to be for everybody so i was always mm-hmm. like yeah on the look and then during the shoots i would be shooting people and i didn't have an assistant or anything i had my business partner and he he i mean he was there he he did he, i'm not gonna say he didn't do anything because he did a lot but i it, the anything visual that was for the brand was my department so I learned how to style, do set design, come up with concepts for designs, 
I was using Pinterest a lot because I'm a visual thinker and I need to some people can't envision what I see, so I had to share like a yeah. Pinterest board. I'm like, this is what I this is what's in my mind's eye right yeah, right yeah. now. So um I wow. was able to do that and I got this internship working as a stylist and I did that for a little bit and um it was fun. It was fun. I learned a lot about the fashion industry or the styling industry or styling place and just meeting people, networking from there. And then I started um, teaching coding and. Uh, <laughs> what? Oh, my God. This is the, this is crazy. I'm like, there. I knew coming in here, I was like, Caleb's going to have a lot to talk about. I didn't realize it was going to be like this much. Like, I feel like. <laughs> Like, as a whole, you're just, like, a standalone, like, content creation business. <laughs> like, every single aspect of it. Graphic design, photography, yeah. doing fashion, like... Yeah. Gr- like, it's it's crazy. I'm <laughs> just, like, <laughs> this is a lot to juggle. Yeah. It was... So, yeah. It, it, it is... It does get like that sometimes. And it's just, like, now, I, now, right now, I've been working on just focusing on the task at hand. Like, all right. I've gotten all my photography laid out, the different styles, what I like doing, what I'm, what I enjoy doing, and all this stuff. And um, now, <laughs> the coding came from. I was working. I met this guy, and he's like, "Yo, I I know hearing you talk, you sound like you understand how like programs and computers work." And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You know how to do graphic design?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Do you want to ch- teach you um UI design, user interface design to high schoolers?" And I was like, "Never done that." And he's like oh trust me i'll show you how and then like (laughs) i met him in a starbucks he showed me these programs and i was like okay i totally get how all of this works yeah and um i was for 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 the rest of that the first year i was here in new york i was teaching to make money i was teaching high schoolers how to um code okay not code necessarily just do you um front front design for apps Gotcha. And, and so front end Inter- like yeah, interface, interface stuff. Yeah. Okay. And so that was really cool. And it it showed me that a lot of the stuff that I I learned before, I can I didn't realize it until then, but I, I was like, oh, I can build on all of this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so then I after that, I never was intimidated again when it came to like t- taking on a project. Like right. somebody asked me, Oh, do you know how to do that? If I have a basic idea of how to do it, I'm pretty sure I could figure it out. You just say yes to yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah, yes to a lot of stuff, and then go to YouTube Academy for everything else. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unless it's coding, then I have a couple. I'll, I'll like I have a couple people that I use for like coding. Like I'll write something, or I'll I'll read. <laughs> I literally do research to write, learn how to write this type of code for like that type of thing, and then if it doesn't work, I'll send it the code to my friend and be like, "What did I do wrong?" <laughs> You're just outsourcing all your coding yeah, work. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel that. I like like coding for me. I just I hate writing fresh code. Like I hate starting from scratch and making stuff. Yeah. But if someone hands me a code yeah. and is like, "Hey, will you fix this or make it do this thing too?" Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, "Okay, yeah." Yeah. You're like, sure, no problem. But that comes with a lot of copy pasting yeah. lines. <laughs> like, <laughs> Put that there. This there. I don't need that. Yep. Exactly. So like I'm guessing like during this whole whole time like during the whole move like you were working on like independent projects and projects here and there and stuff right um not so much so really? like really I, when I graduated 
I uh, when I graduated college, I was like, I wasn't homeless. I was I had a job on salary, so I okay. but I was couch surfing. So I was like the most like I was the richest couch surfer ever, <laughs> and because I lived in Denver and rent was just too expensive. So like part of the part of like part of being creative is like also having for well important for that was important for me is having your own space to be creative in. And yeah. at that moment, I didn't necessarily have my own space to be creative in. Oh, uh, okay. So I was, it was like, it was a hard, a little hard for me to expressively be creative, except for I was doing, I, I was still doing designing for my clo- clothing brand. So I could like go over to my homie's house, but that was like an hour away from where I lived. So okay. I had to like make time. But I, when I was there, I could like relax mm-hmm. and design for like two or three hours and come up with these like concepts for the brand so like i guess let's dig into that a little bit how like for your clothing brand you said it's cones collective right and it's all like if i remember it's all ice cream thing yeah ice cream weed related yeah (laughs) so what kind of what kind of goes i guess like i don't really know anything about clothing design what kind of goes into it like what what's what are like the i guess what what do you try when you're going for a design what are like things you avoid and things you try to do? Like things you consider every time when you go into it? Um Well, first thing I consider is what I wear it. Yeah. And I w- I only make things that I would wear opposed to like just making things that I think look cool. Yeah. And um I have a growing up, I was a huge fan of like certain streetwear brands that used specific colors and like different techniques and i would um make sure that i i kept it close to home like i would always like i was always looking at different brands and um seeing everything that they were doing and i i basically it went the things not to do is just to like be aware of how much money you're trying to spend on like everything so we would budget like how much are we going to spend on t-shirts all Mm -hmm. right how much are we going to spend on this design? Well, then if we're going to spend like 15 to $20 on the design, what type of application are we going to use? Are we going to use heat press, screen print, embroidery? Mm-hmm. Are we going to use DGD, direct to garment, or GD, whatever it is. DTG? Yeah, yeah, DTG, <laughs> that. Direct to garment. Are we going to try and go overseas? And then it was just like learning how to it's important to you shouldn't let the cost dictate how much you, how you do the design, but it's something that you should definitely keep in mind because there was a lot of designs that we still have that we couldn't do because it just for the amount of clothes we were gonna make it just wasn't cost effective. Like right. I would have had to sell every shirt at like seventy dollars. Yeah, and like that that's not what I'm trying to do. It's not right. why I, I got into it, and so um. It was, and then also, um, I, working with somebody else is very, very helpful. And like with my business partner Corbin, he, um, we kind of, we were like the yin and yang. Like, yeah, he was OCD, and I'm literally the opposite of yeah. OCD. <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, and so we were able to like check each other, mm-hmm. and um, and it was, it's like when you're when you're making something with somebody else even if it's not your idea it's just like it's it teaches you how to actively listen and instead of saying no it was you'd have to say no but what if 
Yeah. But no, instead of you can't shut it down. Like, if, and then if you wanted to say no to an idea that I didn't, because we would argue about stuff, but it was always about the brand and it never got personal. Yeah. And it was just like, all right. I don't th- I don't want to do this design because X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And then mm-hmm. you state your claim and then you have to like separate yourself just because you like your design. I like my design better. What he said was basically his design was more cost effective. We would make more money if we went with his opposed to mine. Boom. That's and then you're like yeah. and then you have to think for the greater good of the brand. And it, it's kind of like taking your ego out of the uh the decision making process right and um yeah so it 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 was a it's cool there's a there's there's a lot and then like also just like being realistic about how uh how much you you make because like clothing is not like a huge profit turnaround like most clothing companies i know independent types yeah kind of break even plus like a little bit yeah does essentially and so like yeah, that was basically essentially how it, like most of the time the brand was able to pay for itself. So right. I didn't like I I tell I make a joke about like the brand was made on uh, drug money and blood money because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were uh, we were out here there uh, in trapping and I was donating plasma <laughs> really <Yeah. laughs> but putting it towards the brand while I was in college. I would just go to the uh, the the blood bank and I'm like, yo, let's get it. And they, yo, I, I'm happy I don't have to sell plasma anymore. That was, that's a weird feel. Have you ever done that? No, I've never been that broke. <laughs> I've had friends that did it. I've had yeah. friends that were like, I want to go donate plasma again, but they're making me wait two weeks yeah. for my blood to heal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. What? It's a crazy, and like being in there is, a, it's, it's, that's just a crazy concept. Like a, yeah, blood bank and everything, but like, hey, yeah. You know, there's some old witch in the back of those places that's just like <laughs> bathing in it. <laughs> She's bathing in it. She's just cooking in her cauldron. Just... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I um, we it was just being more aware, being realistic, and thinking about how much um how much you're gonna make. Cause like for 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 twenty, I we designed this jacket, and the jacket design sold out in under like two hours and i didn't even get to put it online holy crap we just like we pulled up to an event and it just (laughs) i still don't think we were able to put it online because we did a we i don't everything was limited quantity so cones collective stands and let me i guess i'll talk about the brand a little bit cones collective we had two mantras that we designed behind connect to create and keep one coned right Hey, you, you get it. <laughs> and so connect to create is literally um cuz it was the the founders me and Corbin, two people, C and C. okay, yeah, yeah. Caleb and Corbin. Yeah. Gotcha. Um two people coming together, two completely different backgrounds. Um Corbin was, came from a, a a generations of embroiderers, like Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. All, yeah. <laughs> I need to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. All his family were embroiderers. He did. He went to. He got his degree in sculpture, sculpting. Okay. And so, um, and then I mean, I got my degree in journalism and mm-hmm. PR and advertising, minor in communications and graphic design, whatever. But he, um, we we came together and we were able to, um, with different backgrounds, similar kind of tastes and brands. Like we like certain things, but we were came come came together and created something 
good, dope, and awesome. Yeah. And you don't necessarily, I, the message was just basically, you don't necessarily need to be a creative person to connect and create, but you right. should, like, because scientists are creative in their own way, and mm-hmm. they connect and create with other scientists or people in right. that realm. So, like, just opening up your mind to connecting and creating with people. I, I, yes. I, enjoyed, yeah. I always enjoy talking to people who do completely different things just mm-hmm. because they'll give me a perspective that I never had and I'm able to create from an, I'm able to approach something from a different angle than I would normally. Right. Well, good job. Cause that's exactly what this show is about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, I guess, so what was the, what was the moment that you guys were like, let's start a clothing brand. Like what was the, um, how did that originate? So it happened. We had a group of friends and um well we both i met him i met him through wearing a t-shirt so i was i it was my first week on campus and um i saw him wearing a a t-shirt from a a specific brand that i liked that was kind of low-key yeah pink dolphin at the time now they're kind of big but um there was like it was still low-key at the time i was like yo bro i fuck with fuck with pink dolphin then we just started chatting my i was with my best friend at the time they play baseball he played baseball. I kind of played baseball. I just like stealing <laughs> bases. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I we would just hang out and smoke, and then um, we would talk about clothing. And then I uh, he told me about his clothing brand that he had, uh, and I a design that he had. We were all just smoking, just chatting, and he told me about this brand called Alati Industries, and I was like, that is a terrible idea that i do not get the brand at all like and i and I, I told him that and but it like him sharing that with me was showed me that he was open to um make it like he was open to brand he had the a brand in and in mind and he wanted to do something yeah along yeah. the lines and i um like a couple months later like i didn't i wasn't hanging out with any of those guys anymore but okay. corbin would always hit me up like hey bro come over smoke let's talk let's do all this stuff and i was like why does he keep on I, i'm not hanging out with everybody but he keeps on hitting me up and so i came i pulled up and we just we continued to talk about brands and i basically i told him because he was a uh, he liked he was growing weed at the time and i was like what what's important to you and he's like well i like weed and um and i like and i was like okay that's cool like i like weed too but i already have dreads bro like i can't walk around with a marijuana and like that's it's, i think colorado gives like makes people who smoke weed like give us gives us a bad name just because it's just like yeah. a dirty hippie stoner i had a buddy with dreads who actually cut them off because he was sick of people asking him for yeah weed. he yeah. didn't even smoke he's just like i don't have weed man Yo, I people just have dreads. Are, couple couples come up to me all the time and ask me for weed and i'm just like <laughs> always couples yeah it'll be a cut it's usually a couple who like who's having a good time they're a little lit like hey you, you got any weed i'm like how much are you trying to spend? <laughs> oh, I thought it was free. I'm like, what, what does this look like? Yeah. No. Um, no. So I told him that if he wanted to do, I'd help him make a, a brand about weed, but it can't be purely like if he wants me to be fully involved, it can't, it can't be just about like weed. Cause right. Like, yeah. It's just 
cliche. I f- uh, yeah, I feel like the weed culture too. Like, yeah, there's like actual like people who smoke weed, and then there's like Spencer's gifts, like weed culture. Yeah, and it's just that type cheesy. of stuff. It's just yeah, cheesy. It, it like cheapens the brand. Yeah, like I think if I see someone with weed socks every once in a while, I'm like, that's kind of fun. But yeah. if their whole outfit is weed we, theme, yeah, like, yeah, all right, ugh. cool off a little bit. Like, like, I smoke weed, and I wouldn't want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, but um, so I uh. I, I so and he 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 was like okay cool and so like I I talked to him I gave him a couple ideas and some things to think about while mm-hmm. and I didn't talk to him for a full summer like okay school ended wow. didn't talk to him for a full summer August rolls around he's like hey are you in town I want to show you something I pull up and we're we're smoking a fat joint and he was like he shows me his his sketchbook and he's like all right so I have an idea but I don't know how to do it mm-hmm. and it was like it was it was like I like these joints dipped in ice cream and all this stuff, but there was no like name for it. There was no concept. Okay. And so I sat, we, I sat and I looked through the book for like 30 minutes and we were smoking there. And I was like, all right, so this is what, this is what we can do. Wait, cause when you in Colorado, if I say a cone, that, mm-hmm. that can mean you, and he, he was an ice cream fiend. Let me just say this. Corbin loves fucking ice cream. Like <laughs> that man, I, now I came into an ice cream fanatic. I'm an ice cream connoisseur now, but, um, he, it was just all these marijuana related ice cream doodles and drawings. And I was able to come up with this like double entendre of cones. When I say cones right. to people who, who smoke weed, you automatically know what I'm talking about. But if right. I say, Hey mom, let's go grab a cone she's instantly going to think ice cream. Right. So it was this like family friendly version of marijuana and it didn't necessarily <laughs> need to be like all about marijuana all the time. Right. It's, it's, it's marijuana you can wear to church. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so like it's marijuana that actually people would want to wear. It's like the right, cooler right. version. And so it's more subtle, and yeah. it, but it still has that implication. Yes. And so I, from there, after I, I came up with um came up with that like and I, I don't want to say that I came up with the whole thing because we literally it was like a baseball type of thing I came up with a, an idea I threw it at him he came up with a he added something on the idea and then he threw it at me and then it was kind of just like pushing boulder sized snowballs that's awesome each other yeah and that's a great way to like come up with a, any type of like project yeah like if you're collaborating it makes it so much easier when you have that clear back and forth and you yeah can, like get those perspectives in it exactly and then i um my mom was an entrepreneur so like okay she like i would watch her and she i always talk to her about this i'm like yo how did you understand how to use computers like and all this other stuff because my i learned my basic understanding of computers and stuff and files and how all that stuff worked was having an android hashtag emulators mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> and um just files and stuff like that which my mom showed me how to do and she would she made a web she made her own website and stuff like that and i was is easy to see how all this worked and i had growing up in high school i had friends who made their brands and i saw how they used like i think big cartel was one of the things that they used yeah yeah, yeah. shopify was just coming out and i was able to um after using one you kind of get the hang of using all the other ones and so i was like all right bro i'll make the website we'll we'll design the clothes together you i want to learn how to make clothes because i didn't know understand any of the applications and um his family just had like equipment clothing equipment laying around (laughs) from their decades in the embroidery Uh, business yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly so 
his grandma gave him an embroidery machine, I think. And uh, and oh, oh, also, fun fact, I came up with another clothing brand before this because he was like, oh, I want to make a brand. And he, Corbin made his money through dog racing before it was illegal. Through dog racing? Yes. He, what? Ew. He was, a, he, <laughs> he was a, a child prodigy of dog racing. Ch- okay. <laughs> he, he was in the newspaper and um, it was called, the article was called Corbin's uh, Lucky Seven because he had seven Doberman dogs that would always win. Like, they will always fucking win. And there was an article about it. He That's how he paid his way through college. Are he you made serious? so much fucking money from this. That's insane. And so, what a unique like, yo, story. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and so I came up with a brand um, called um, Corbin. Uh, it was either called Clover, Lucky 7 Clover, or Corbin's Lucky 7. Okay, yeah. And I came up with, um, I came up with, because when dog racing is like horse racing, and each number gets its own type of pattern or design. And right, right, right. I was doing research about dog racing, about the, the, all this stuff. <laughs> and so I came up because he was like, oh, I want to make a brand. So I came up with a brand for him. Like he like he told me his idea. He told me his we were smoking with our friends and they told me his background. And then I did some more research on myself because I was like, that is insane. Dog yeah. racing. What? <laughs> Stranger than fiction. Yeah. <laughs> and so like I came up with this brand and he he's like, yo, this is really fucking cool. But this isn't what I want to do. And then we talked about this other brand and then three or four months later cones was made and then we started in january 2016 nice cool so what was what was like your first big like triumph moment do you remember like selling your first shirt and like yeah yeah what was that like um it was it was weird it was I think the birth, the first triumph moment for me was like seeing people that I don't know wear wear it. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's like there's nothing. It's a surreal feeling when you have an idea and you see other people wearing it, which validates this idea. And it was yeah, just like yeah. that. That concept was like insane. And it shoot, I still go back to Denver, and I still still I still see see people wearing like cones hats here and there yeah yeah and it, like or my friends will send me pictures of like random people on the bus wearing a hat <laughs> and i'm just like yo that is insane and um yeah it was just like doing like that was a really big moment for me is just like having seeing my ideas being validated and um appreciated and people getting even more excited than i was i'm like yo i made the thing and you're more excited than me how the fuck <laughs> like, oh what's next what are you guys gonna do next da, 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 da. and so um and then also yeah it was that was that was kind of like the biggest big moment for us and then <clears throat> the second one was making the um making stuff that was selling out like mm-hmm. that was a that's i have a i have a lot of friends who make art and clothing and stuff and um it's just like a it's like a goal that you like you kind you always hear about people selling out and everything and yeah it was just from there like selling out you're like well if I can sell it on this then like that means like I can it's almost like I can do almost anything now I can make anything and people are gonna like gravitate towards it if I just market it and brand it right right. And so that was a, it was a really big moment for both of us. But so, yeah. So what was your like marketing step? Like, how did you get people to find out about this brand? Um, so I, I forgot, um, what it's called, the industry stock talk for it, but I, um, I was learning about this while I was in, so I went, 
PR and advertising. So I learned a lot about like different types of um, marketing um, styles and like strategies and everything. Yeah. And for us to get hit the ball rolling, like from becoming this no name brand. Okay. There's a couple of ways that I came up with it. (laughs) Okay. So people, people are going to, people will only buy things. People will buy things from you for three reasons because they like you, they need it, or they, um, forgot the fucking third one. What's the third one? It's the three like selling thingies. Anyways, they have a good cause or something. I don't know. It's, it's something they need it, they like you, or it's, um, they, um, ah, fucking A. Whatever. <laughs> so I realized I need to get hit one of these three. And also I needed to get somebody that um somebody in that was well known in the area yeah. to start like talking about it, wearing it and all this stuff. Okay. And so I found this um I I reached out to this artist, this local artist mm-hmm. named Trace Chapman, and he um in Colorado, the music music scene in Colorado is really like everybody Colorado's really cool because it's one of the number one states that um, support local businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Definitely. The, and so I was able to, um, and people, they, they fucked with Trace. And so I, I reached out to Trace and our designs were, like, I, my first t-shirt was pink. Like, it had a pink design on it. Okay. And, like, so I was very, like, mine and Corbin's style were very out there in your face, but, like, colorful, playful, but it was about fucking smoking weed and everybody yeah. likes weed. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, or ice cream and how do you say no to a cone, uh, a ice cream cone? And so, um, I teamed up with Trace Chapman and, um, I was, I would give him stuff. I would do some of his branding and stuff for his own, okay. his own music stuff. And I, the art style that we made was, um, very distinct and it ha- it was very stylish. Yeah. And so like anytime we made something, like we designed his album covers, I think, and we we made merch for him and all this other stuff. But working with him gave us a platform and then we would go to um these musical shows. We go to concerts and stuff like that. There was a um venues and we would set up a table at the venue and people would come see the brand and like, "Oh, are you with somebody?" or who sometimes our Trace would be there, sometimes Trace wouldn't be there. But we were just setting up and we would talk to people and it was the um that that helped and because people generally if they, they met me or Corbin, they 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 fucked with us. We yeah, were yeah. pretty cool dudes. And, and they we, needed their weed merch. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, yo, I've been looking for a t shirt about weed that I can wear with my around my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and so um and then I guess another reason why I knew I was doing something right is when my mom who's like staunchly against like smoking weed or any yeah, type yeah, of yeah. drug stuff she was like oh that's cute can i have one <laughs> got like, her what yeah <laughs> and so um but yeah i it was working with um working with somebody who is already established definitely helped get the ball rolling and right then that also, makes sense it, it like it made it got everybody looking at us and then as we kept on producing really interesting quality stuff and that from there established us and so we were we were respected and like actually i mean we still are respected i mean if i drop something probably like next week it would people would there'd be a couple people out there horny for it nice so do you have an instagram for it still yes is it literally just cones collective yes it is i'm gonna pull it up excuse the pause in the podcast but yeah, I I'm I'm curious to see what your designs are like. I know you showed you wore one here the other day. Yeah. 
and you were just like it was some like uh, white and pink like mesh jacket and it, <laughs> in, in New York City at this time it's 90 degrees with 90 like 90 percent humidity yeah. and you come in and you're like it's like we're in a trash bag I gotta take it off <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh wow yeah this is some pretty dope stuff yeah you guys should check it out Cones Collective on Instagram I love the uh, melting characters yeah. the melting letters it's a good style I'm gonna probably have to buy one of these, honestly. Hell yeah! Thank you. <laughs> Dope, awesome. So, so this is still going on, kind of here and there, right? Yeah, yeah. We kind of like we took a high. We're on hiatus right now. After I moved, we said. I mean, I still talk to Corbin all the time. After I moved, we kind of just were like, all right, like we're in two different places in our life right now. I yeah. still like making shit with you. He still likes making shit with me. And we kind of were, were like, all right, let's focus on, let's, it's time, we got to refocus on ourselves so then we can figure, when we come back to the table, we have all these new skills, we have all these other things. I'm, we still keep in contact, we still sh- talk shit about different brands and all this, <laughs> talk about shoes all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so like, um, I mean, it was just like, all right. And then the the uh, pandemic ha- happened. And so it kind of just like, I know brands are releasing stuff and everything. Yeah. Still, but it for us to do what we want to do, like it, it just doesn't necessarily make sense for us to um, release anything right now. I mean, we could. And also it, we changed our, um, we changed our marketing strategy because mm-hmm. before we were making everything uh, limited quantity. Right. And so, like, once we made it one time, we wouldn't go back to that. And everything right. was a collection. So Right, right, right. We learned that one of the things that I, I didn't like about, but that we both didn't like about brands is that the fact that if I bought, if I made this shirt five months from now, you could buy the same shirt and you wouldn't know. And, like, it, it kind of ruined the, everybody wants to spe- feel special. And right, like, right. And, you and me can get the same thing. It doesn't, like feel as special so you want to start doing quantity one releases if only one of these <laughs> yeah. t-shirts it's six thousand dollars yeah. <laughs> so now we basically are going to make one or two one for him one for me and then open the door take pictures do all that stuff and then open the door for orders uh so it's not like oh we're only doing a hundred of these we're going to mm-hmm. do the promo mm-hmm. and then you can place an order within this window mm-hmm. and we'll make everybody exactly that's a that's a great idea and so it saves so now i don't have a, a back end of just shit right in there because like right now <laughs> I, I have a whole bunch of like stuff from our last collection that i still have to get rid of is it here in brooklyn yes it is i'm gonna have to take a peek yeah, at that for I sure got you, bro. I got <laughs> awesome. tons of hoodies <laughs> um you know me i'm a i'm a big hoodie guy <laughs> big hoodie guy <laughs> yeah i got i got it's it, and that's like like it's nice to have stuff laying around but like you don't want it laying around for too long and so that's what one of the things that we learned and then a lot because once once i started doing it a lot of my friends started like i mean they they were they have their own different styles and brands and everything but they started doing clothing and everything too and that's one thing that they learned from us is because sometimes some collections we would have it wouldn't sell as fast as the other collections right so we would have this we would and we wouldn't be able to make anything until we got rid of the old stuff right and they were able to see that and so now they just started doing limited or made to order and then we saw them we're like oh you know what you guys are right that's smart <laughs> so we're like we're gonna do that now so yeah once everything starts we already like <laughs> We already talked. The next thing that we're going to drop is like a straight denim collection. Whoa. 
So we're going to do jean jackets. Canadian tuxedos. Oh, I want to see if we can do some denim shirts. But screen printing now, we have our own screen printer. Okay. So like, and um, our we have a really cool design that I really fucking love. It's just an arch logo with a, and it's a cool font typeface and everything. Corbin, mm-hmm. Corbin made it up. And um, we're just going to be putting that on certain things and having color. We we pride ourselves on our colors. And I, I do I do the colors. So, like, Corbin just loves... He's a colorful guy. If you saw him, he looked like someone hit him with a Christmas tree. <laughs> That's how many colors. But, like, a swaggy Christmas tree. Okay. But, yeah, he's a, he's, he's, a, he's an interesting dresser. I'm a little bit more reserved with when I... I mean, you see me. I'll, I'll wear some shit. I'll, I'll stunt. Yeah. I'll stunt. But, like, yeah. Yeah, you're the type of person that walks into the open mic and everyone looks at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always excited. I'm like, what's Caleb going to wear today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, guys, eyes up here. Listen to my what look at my mouth, not my clothes. Okay, guys. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, so I yeah, that's basically what um what we've what what we've been doing with combs recently. That's awesome. Yeah. And so you ha- you haven't been doing like much of that since you've been in New York City because of the reasons you you yeah. detailed. So like what have you been up to now? You uh, here we go. We're going to the yeah. next section of <laughs> yeah. the podcast. We're getting to everything else. Um, um, but real quick, actually, because I, I forgot this up top. Uh, what's your Instagram? What are your plugs? Um, it's Centric Vibes. C E N T R I. C E N T R I C V I B E S. Centric, but with a C. Um, and then my no, my one, my other one is Caleb Makes Sense. It's nice and simple. You can literally just type in Caleb period makes period sense. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, those are my two handles. And then Cones Collective, most definitely. Um, check them out. Say hi. Let me know what you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll get into the stuff you've been doing recently. So yeah. you've been, as long as I've known you, you've been doing like a lot of photography and a little yeah. bit of videography here yeah. and there. And you've recently got into animation. Yeah. What do you want to start with? We got so many options. Um, I guess we can start with photography. Okay. And then go into videography um i uh well i've I've been doing photography for a while um when i was in college i worked for the studio the the head like the the head guy of photography so um for the like the whole entire school and i got to like play with all these expensive like strobes like i was in the photography studio and then i was taking classes at the time so Mm -hmm. i was working and learning about all the tools that i was using and that was really fun and amazing. And then that's when I first learned about DSLR cameras. Okay. And uh, I had, because before I was shooting with a T5i and I, uh, Canon yeah, T5i. Yeah, yeah. And then my boss had the the 10DX. Like, okay. It was like a expensive ass camera. And he's like, hey, I'm just going to stay inside shooting all day. Uh, I mean, I'm inside um, editing photos all day, walk around campus and take pictures. And I was like, okay and i use this like i never had a played with a full frame and then after that that's when i like truly learned how how a camera works yeah i was like why are my pictures right and then i (laughs) spent 20 minutes because i was like i'm not gonna go back in there and ask him how this works i'm gonna figure this out on my own (laughs) and And you're just turning all the knobs (laughs) youtube on your phone in the the quad (laughs) basically and then i paid it to after i saw how the light meter works in the in the viewfinder of the canon i was like oh shit 
it's on. And so after that, I never turned turned back. And I was in the photography studio. My my professor got mad because I wasn't a photography major, and he was like, "Yo, Caleb, like, you only spend like a day in the studio, and you're able to produce like dope stuff, and like, and it just I fucking hate you because like." <laughs> sometimes you're better than my actual like photography students and I was like, hey, like, <laughs> no one would pay for a photography degree um <laughs> but uh no i it was it was cool i started doing that and then i came here and started i got um the first week here I, I actually did took um i took photos for a jewelry company and um and it was really cool because i was actually working with models and um, yeah I had a stylist on site too and I was I was just shooting pictures um and I got to really kind of like learn and see how this like this photography works in like the big city and everything and so it was that was that was really fun and I um and then doing stuff for my own brand I got to learn and experiment and do stuff and while I was in college I was doing club photography mm-hmm. so I I learned a lot about like taking f- pictures in dark rooms and then once my shit got stolen, I was just like, "All right, try let's let's switch it up. Let's try a new <laughs> new body." And that's when um Sony was coming out with all their mirrorless stuff, and I yeah. had a lot of good reviews. So I I I bought one of their like beginner cameras just mm-hmm. to see what was going on in a Sony A six hundred. And once I found out that the monitor was in the viewfinder, like in that, like, yeah, I was like, "Are you serious? This is like, <laughs> ama- I can actually see what I'm actually gonna take a photo of without like having to guess, and it's not even guessing, but like theorizing. Yeah, it's just like, well, like well, why not? And so I, mm-hmm. I went and I got the um like a DSLR. I got a, a shoot with a Sony A7 II, mm-hmm. and I um I picked up a a fifty, a nifty fifty, and yeah. after that you I was able to do a lot, and then. The video on Sony, the only thing I don't like about Sony cameras, like taking pictures, is the the color profiles were always washed out, and I'm a huge color person, so it, it hurt. But like the video on that sucker was just like quality. Yeah, they're all like all their like it's meant for post editing. Yeah, like yeah, you take the picture, it's kind of flat. Yeah, but then it's like okay, you're supposed to go in and, and brighten and, it up. Yeah, and do the saturation exactly. Yeah. And so I was um I. And I, w- I already spent so much time on Lightroom that I had a good idea of how to bring back those colors that I wanted to see. So I, I started doing that. And then I met up with um this guy, um Steve, and he did photography as well. And he started doing a little video, doing videos and stuff. And I had all these homies. I met all his friends that were doing videography and all this stuff. And so I started gravitating and learning more and seeing how they edit and all this stuff and um then messing around with premiere pro a lot of those the pro the programs seem intimidating until you like get around them like for a while yeah i was using photoshop excuse me i was using photoshop for a while and then i was like all right what's illustrator like had illustrator on my phone then i started playing with it on on the thing and i was like this isn't that bad yeah. and i went to premiere and i was like oh they're all like then i and i this whole entire time i was making beats and stuff like that yeah and just seeing how all these programs are all about layering it kind of just yes helps you think about like how you can do stuff in post so when i'm making stuff in like right then 
I'm like, how can I fa- add this? Or if I wanted to add this, can I add this in post? Can I do this right. now? And so you start kind of shooting and creating with, with it in yeah, mind. With that, like, my, later I can do this yes, to it and it's going to look bad. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, and that, yeah. And so like seeing how all that was related kind of like, it really helped me a lot. And then seeing how my friends, um, people's workflows well, I, le- I learned that learning somebody seeing if you see like if you like somebody's work you should ask about their workflow like what do they do how do they get this like how right. do they, like post like beginning and then post workflow like how do you prep and then how do you um how do you edit and what's the all that mm-hmm. stuff like how do you decide which ones you're going to use i had i was watching my friend shoot a, a promo video and he was going through and he was like chopping he had two folders mm-hmm. before he even like put anything on the timeline he was going through chopping everything up and putting everything in a folder like an a folder and then a b folder Mm -hmm. and then from there he would he was putting it piecing the clips together and i was like okay this is easy now yeah (laughs) yeah because i shot i shot a music video by myself and i was just like good lord this is terrible how do people (laughs) do this i don't ever want to do this and then um one of my friends her boyfriend showed he was a pretty big videographer in colorado colorado mm-hmm. and he would get flown out from place to place nuck fate and he um he showed he's like all right caleb i'm gonna I'm give you a couple pointers like but like keep this shit on wraps and so he showed me how like um what he he told me what he was thinking about when he shot a music video and like how when you're shooting music videos what like how you should take advantage of the energy and how important it is when you're shooting with these artists and everything and how many takes you're going to take in reality and like your performance takes and then you're just like the b-roll takes right depending on the type of music video right 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 and um and then from there i was able to and then i I, growing up i always i fucking loved watching music videos like mtv too never my my mtv and mtv jams i like my tv stayed on that for a long (laughs) like i would turn it on and just watch that and do whatever do you have a do you have a favorite music video oh i do what there's there's tons i think um not rob thick um pharrell has a uh i'm trying to remember what music video it is I like um stunting. Oh, Tyler has a pretty good music video. He Tyler, I I really like Tyler Creator's music videos because yeah. And Frank Ocean, Frank Ocean, um, look out your window when he's wearing a nunchuck, uh, a ski mask and nunchucks. <laughs> is Tyler Creator and Frank Ocean? That one was a really cool concept for a music video. And then um, I like honestly, I, I've been. I like music videos that sometimes don't have anything to do with the um the the song itself, but it's a story in its own. Yeah. But like um this is gonna be an old old one, but Beyonce and Common, please let me testify. <laughs> um, and it just like it talk it, that that one was crazy because it it tells the, the the song tells a story, but in the music video acts it out, and there's no dialogue except for when Beyonce says "Before you like my love away." And it was just like it was just really cool, and um, yeah. There's there's, and K-pop. K-pop has some pretty insane. <laughs> yo. I I would I would be lying if I said I wasn't me- mesmerized <laughs> by the coordination of K-pop yo. fans. Yeah, <laughs> yo. When you get a chance, look up Pon Pon. 
Pon Pon. Pon Pon. Yo, it's this girl. She's like dressed up in this crazy outfit. And the graphic design on there is so insane, bro. Like, <laughs> it, it's like if Molly went in acid, had a baby, and then went into a, a, a candy shop. And and a Korean girl was in, in there at the same time. That's what the music video would look like. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's just I, I don't even know, bro. It was it's a, it was insane. But that the song was had so much energy, and the music video went along with the energy, and it was like it was ridiculous and and absurd. But I loved all of it. Yeah. I was like, all right, <laughs> let's like let's do it. And then um yeah, so now like my friend he um he started doing music videos, and I have a a, a lot of experience with lighting and just talking to people and getting them to do be comfortable in front of camera yeah yeah and so i've uh i've been able to uh assist him i've assisted directed music videos now like that that shit's super cool because um my friend he writes my my friend who shoots videos and and does photography that we work together with he's actually an author so he'll write um he'll he'll do a write-up for a music video and he'll like this is what I want. This is what I want to happen in the music video. Okay. I'll read the write up. And then from there, I'll look at the spaces that we were using the studios, the houses, the Airbnbs and all that stuff. And I'll frame together where these, these things that he puts in this little write up that these like the storyline. I'm like, all right, so in this area, this is where we're going to have this, 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 we're going to shoot it from this way. I'll have a light over here, blah, 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 blah over here since it's he's we're gonna in the thing in the write-up it says the guy sees the girl um we have to create some type of distance we'll shoot this over here blah 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 over here we're gonna shoot this well i'll have a red color for this because he's a bad guy cool boom bam boom i like also like um what's the movie there's a movie with dmx that had a shit ton of colors like i think it's like i'm not sure Is it was um but yeah so I started doing that and now I I've we've been doing that for a while and we uh we teamed up and that shit's super fun I've uh, assistant directed on a couple like three music videos and, oh nice and it's like where I, in Colorado if you made a music video it was normally like just rap shit and mm-hmm. like being in New York I've I never heard about Afrobeat until I came to New York what is that it's like it's like a a hodgepodge mixture of african music reggae reggaeton like music from south america and then caribbean music huh okay and so it's just like this like it's like a really like summary style beat and mm-hmm. it's like the, the dudes are crooning women are singing and it's just like whenever you you know those you know when you see those crazy uh youtube videos of like people just jumping off tables like slamming their dicks into butts and stuff like that yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you'll hear that shit going on in the back okay um but it's it's really like it's a it's a it's a beautiful genre and i was able to um i wasn't making i'm not making music videos for rappers per se i'm making music videos for like these singers these r&b singers it's like these like song like these different type of genres that nest like they get music videos too but they don't get the same amount of love and respect because right when you have a music for making a music video for um rapping it's not it's not that hard you kind of just need to have hot chicks the guy rapping at the camera and um there doesn't necessarily need need to be a storyline and right 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 but it with um in different genres i mean you can do the same but it 
it helps contextualize the song if you right. see a lo- like uh, something going on. Right, right. Okay. And um, yeah, and then during quarantine, I. I'll show you once once this is done, I'll show you that my first animation that I did. But my friends were were messing around with this app called Flip Flip a Clip. And it was like animation app. And okay. so they were just doing animation and stuff. And it was it was cool to see. And um hashtag Android Boys right here. Uh I have a Galaxy Note. You already know. I gotta upgrade. I'm I'm still <laughs> using the S8. I've had it for three years. Really? It's time to Yo, bump it up. You know they made the they made the Galaxy Note 10 the same, but but they made a um, small, like oh. it's a normal size phone. Interesting. Yeah, and it, I I just like it because of stylus. So see, I'm I'm at the point where it's like I want to upgrade to like the next great Samsung. Yeah. But the thing is, the camera is too powerful on there, and I don't want it to like <laughs> I don't want to end up taking a bunch of pictures with yeah. my phone instead of practicing with my real camera. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that is true. That is yo. Did you? I I learned that um Snapchat. Well, the reason why. Android photos look really shitty sometimes on Snapchat and your Instagram is because when Androids use those apps, those pro those apps are just screen recording what's there. Yeah. And then iPhone, their shit is integrated. So it's actually like using the actual image from the camera instead of screen recording. And yeah. Them. Yeah, when I want to make a good Instagram story, I just take it video mode <laughs> in my phone <laughs> and then upload it. Yeah, and I'm like, pro tip, yeah, for if, those green bubble folk out there, <laughs> the green bubble army, the green bubble army. <laughs> Yo, we're, yeah. we're there. So, with like music videos, though, um, have you had one that you're like super stoked about? Um. Have you have you had your like triumph moment yet, or are you still like just kind of getting into this and feeling it out and learning? I'm still getting into it and feeling and learning. But um, the first music video I shot was a it was a three day shoot. Yeah, and that was the most I've ever spent on like a video project. Yeah, per se, like shooting, and that was um, that was a really that was I was pretty proud because um I didn't get to edit, but seeing everything come out and play its part and seeing how everything blended perfectly because we didn't even shoot it in order but like seeing how everything came to fruition was was a visceral feeling and um and then like we just shot this new music video um for this female artist and uh i haven't that was the first time working with a female artist and Mm -hmm. it was um like I was talking about, I was talking to my friend about the song, and I was like, he was like, "Yo, the song isn't for uh, the song wasn't that she the, the way she made the song wasn't meant for guys, it was for, meant for women." But right. she's singing in like lingerie and everything, and it was just I was like, "Oh, that's crazy!" And then I thought about how we shot it, and it was just like, it's just it's gonna work very well. And then I think working with female artists was it was a lot, it was fun because you can like. You can shoot uh, someone being vulnerable and like sensitive and like soft, yeah. there, opposed to like even. I mean, even though I'm shooting R and B and like, I'm not. I mean, Tory Lanez is an R and B singer and he's shooting people in the feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, you don't have to be a soft guy to be do R and B, but it's like there's there's still this type of matismo that you have to deal with when you're dealing with like a, a male artist who doesn't yeah. want to be considered looked at as soft, and that's not you're not dealing with that type of stuff when it comes with working with um female artists and right so it was really fun and um 
I, I'm excited because like there was just a lot more setup in the in the set and the colors and everything. And I kind of like I was going with an Ariana kind type type of uh Ariana Grande type of music video type yeah. of vibe. But like laying on soft things. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> laying on soft things. And um, <laughs> she was in like a, a Fenty like lingerie thingy and it was really tight and it was just um i'm excited to see how that can't that how we that just comes together but um and yeah that was that that's the one that i'm looking forward to right now and then where my homie got a drone well he has we already had one drone but he just got one of those like speed racing drones Ooh. and we've been um i've been practicing on it on a uh what's it called an, an emulator yeah because like this one's like fast fast like but once you get the hang of it you can make for some pretty like bird's eye looking footage and it's gonna be i'm excited to get that going and seeing how we can incorporate that in music videos because like i mean like everybody there's music videos that have drones but i'm trying to take drone music video to a whole nother level (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) taking it where it's never been seen before but um yeah it's it's fun it's a good time it's a great time that's awesome I've been like thinking about like I I do mostly photography mm-hmm. and I'm like I kind of want to do like some videography just so I know it and I was thinking about like shooting a music video just for like whatever yeah. song I like just yeah. to see what the editing process you is should. like and what I can come up with. You should you should definitely you should definitely like even like what I I did this I my first music video that I shot by myself was I was so fucking bored waiting for the train right. And I was like, I was sitting there. I was listening to this uh, song called "Pink Soda" by 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 Casal C A S S O W, and I was just like, "This is a cool." But I listen. I was listening to it on repeat, and I was like, "I'm so bored." I saw this one dude. He was looking cool. I was like, "Yo, bro, do you want to like? Can I just record you real quick? I'm shooting. I'm gonna shoot a video." And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And like I with my camera, my Sony, and my phone camera, I was able to piece together like this. Um, random these random clips that nested like the, i mean i didn't know i don't know Kassau or anything but yeah. i was able to um put together all these um clips from the train station and make a music video that went that were kind of went with it and i was able to like mess around with transitions i'm i'm a huge fan i said it before but i'm a huge fan of layering stuff so like i was layering videos on top of each other because i like the idea of um motion constant motion but different from different perspectives have, yeah. you, have you ever seen stranger than fiction no it's a it's a movie with will ferrell right but i like i like will ferrell and i like the the people who shot that because the intro of that had a lot of um multiple screens on one of him doing different parts oh, of aspects of his day and so, I, I know what you mean yeah, yeah yeah and so and a lot of um a lot of pop bands have like I, they have really good videography too because it's a little bit more creative i just i wish hip-hop music videos were a lot more creative yeah and then um then like what they are now i think and i don't know what like i think the the only artist that i see who's really creative with um their music videos is tyler creator or um lyrical lemonade okay that guy he he kills it in a lot of his videos but sometimes it's like it's still the same idea of just like a guy just rapping at a camera yeah. and crazy. You're adding in all these special effects later. And I think Tyler, he kind of like pushed that. I mean, like when you look at like how far music, music like have you, you've seen the Missy Elliott music video, right? 
No, Evan, I'm when, sorry. <laughs> you know, it's all it's all good, bro. Like, whenever you get a chance, if you're bored and you're like, what do I want to like? I I want to take acid, but I don't want to take acid. Yeah, watch a Missy Elliott music video. See, I would like my favorite video of all time is uh, "Hive" by Earl Sweatshirt and okay. Vince Staples. Okay, it's so moody and like, yeah, it's kind of like rapping into the yeah. camera, but they, it's so, it's so chill and like dark, and just the the lighting is so grim. Yeah. It's trippy. And then one of, one of my favorite artists is uh, Tommy Cash. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of him, but. He's an Estonian rapper. Okay. And it's like, it's very like, uh, he has like EDM type beats at a lot of points. Like he has some songs that are just like hard style yeah. pretty much. But like his videos are just wild. Like he's got this song called Lil Molly. And <laughs> all it is, is like, it's like, you know, like 80s portrait shots where yeah. you have a bunch of families like all in denim yeah. together or like a kid at a piano yeah. or like dancing. It's all those shots with different people and children, but he like put his face on Oh, all of them. I've seen that yeah. video. Yo, that shit is hilarious. Yeah, I love it. Because <laughs> it's just like you'll be with a white family and it'll just be like, you're like, what? what is going on right now? Yeah. Like he's eating dinner with a family and it's just like. Oh my god, I, I've seen that. It's like uh he like for that one he kind of did like the Aphex twin thing where he just put his face on everything. Yeah. But he he has some wild ones. He's very you should check him out. I think okay. you would I think you would like it. I'll, I'll take a look. Yeah, I like anything with humor too. Humor's humor. yeah. like ludicrous. Ludicrous was one of he had a he's a, he literally said on on his song Stand Up, it's like stand up. And every like he would stomp, and everybody would fall down in the music video. And he'd say, "Stand up!" Everybody get up, and he'd stomp when the beat hit, and they'd fall down again. And mm-hmm. then he literally had a bar. He's like, "Looks like I got a midget hanging from my necklace." In the music video, there was a midget hanging from his fucking <laughs> necklace, and I was like, "This is amazing!" <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I think like literal like when you play when you say literal things, and then you in the video that that's that's hilarious. But yeah, and then um, during quarantine, I I got bored and I taught myself how to do some animations. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that. Uh, we got like twenty minutes left. Let's yeah. like get into this because this is pretty cool what you've been able to do in this time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So during quarantine, I uh, well, I got Procreate for Christmas, or I got an iPad for Christmas. Um, and I I started playing around on Procreate, and um, I learned that you can animate off of that. And then I I watched a couple of YouTube videos of people just doing their own style of animation. And I I am a f- I did photography first, and I I was like, how can I bring photography is such a stagnant image. Yeah. And I was like, how can I bring motion and energy into something that's not there? Right. Right. I even if like that, even if I mean, you can shoot a, a photo and have like stagnant energy like just energy there capturing energy but i was like how can i bring energy and i was like well i could animate it and then i just started experimenting with um different types of animation and um yeah i was uh i met this i met this girl who who was looking for an animator at the time and um i showed her she was like yo send me some of your work and i sent her some of my um the projects that i was working on right then and there and um, a lot of the animation, I've I'm so, I've self-taught through animation, so a lot of everything is trial and error. Yeah. And um, and I I mean shoot, I haven't even. Yeah, it's a lot of it's just trial and error, and I've I was I've never been like an excellent like drafting draw like artist. Yeah. But yeah. like I can draw like my with my I very I draw very like 
cute cartoony doodle type of drawings and illustrations so i was learning how to animate that then i started bringing that to photography and drawing these cute little animation doodles on top of it and then i was like what if i just draw directly on these photos and change what's already there Mm -hmm. and like like definitely like like a a, like a different portal like rick and rick and morty i'm like what if we all have these like different facades because like yeah picture only shows you one aspect of this person like Mm -hmm. and so i was like what if i can draw another aspect and so i started animating these people and my one of my friends is a stylist so she sends me all these fire photos of like these high fashion and everything so i just started doodling on that and this girl i sent sent some of that to this girl and she um got me in contact with um some people who are working on a lupe fiasco and virgil abloh project Mm -hmm. and um he is like, yo, I, I love your stuff. It's 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 weird and it's different. And um, this is I'm I'm working on this project. Here's a song. Let me know what you can think. Well, like, let me know what you think of. And um, it was a uh, shoes by Lupe Fiasco, Virgil Abloh, and I forgot the producer's name, but it, I follow the producer on Instagram. And um, and Lupe Fiasco. And it was cool because I was like, yo, I follow both of these guys and now I get to work on a project with both of them. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I, so I came up with, um, I had two ideas for this song. It's called Shoes. And uh, I, it I, at first it was hard because I, that was, it's like the first type of, it was the first project ever I ever got for animation ever 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 and i never would have even thought because i would only been animating for uh animating for i think for less than six months yeah yeah, yeah a very short <laughs> yeah time. like three or four months into animating someone is like hey would you be down to do this for spotify and vivo and i was like yeah i guess and i am um, try by trial and error i am um, I sent them different versions of some of the concepts. I would talk to them all the time. And this is when I, I was in Colorado when it, when I first got it. And I, like, I was working on it while I was flying back to New York and <laughs> <laughs> my, um, in the airport and all this stuff. And yeah. so it was, it was cool and it's, it's fun. And it's, it's kind of, um, it's tedious cause you, you have to draw frame by frame, but also it's kind of meditative. Right. You kind of just get to lose yourself. And that, that's a lot of, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've, you felt that way when you're editing your photos, you kind of get in this zone. Yeah. There's, there's a specific mood. I feel like, I feel like when I am like picking photos, mm-hmm. like, and like, I'm going to talk about this in a later episode yeah. with one of our future guests. But like when I shoot comedy shows, I'll take 1500 photos. Yeah. I need to go back through, see which ones are both in focus and good pictures. Yeah. And during that process of just like, like literally marking everything as a one or a zero, mm-hmm. I like to listen to a podcast, and okay. then when I actually start editing, I like to just like jam out to some music. Okay, and I can like really focus. focus and like the trouble with it is that after so much time, it's like I start to feel like my eyes are ta- are yeah. tired, and I just like have to take a break for a minute because like otherwise, <laughs> I'm gonna come and just like do shitty edits because yep. I'm just getting this muscle memory and just oh maybe this person for this photo stood like a foot back from the lighting Mm -hmm. and it needs different settings. Yeah. And if I'm like not in, if I'm too in the zone, I'll just overlook that. Yeah. And you just like, 
every everything gets the same the same type of thing. I no, I completely. I shot I shot one where everyone was after dark, but they had like some pretty decent. They had like two big lights in the front, yeah. and so everyone was lit up the exact same way, and all the performers stood in almost the exact same oh, spot. And I was like, beautiful. this is a dream. I edited three of them and just like boom, apply to all. Yeah, that that's the best. I um. I I was literally gonna ask you that. Do you listen to music when you edit? I I listen to. I usually I like to have background noise. I I like. Do you listen to a specific type of music when you edit? No, it's just kind of whatever I'm listening to. I I just like mostly like right now. Like I listened. I'm I'm a big metalhead, but I don't listen to a lot in New York City because I feel like the vibe just doesn't match up. Like in Colorado, when you're in the mountains or like in the plains, listen to something hardcore. It's like very cool. It's like you get that like ominous feeling. But here in like New York, I almost always listen to like pop or like rap or like electronic stuff. Yeah, I've been vibing with Charlie XCX like the last like (laughs) week or two. (laughs) Yo, you were tweeting that I saw that. You're like, I can't wait to get off of work and listen to this new Charlie. Yo, that was funny. Um, no, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I've been trying to listen to more music now more than ever, just because I'm trying to make more music now. And so like, I've just been listening to a lot more, um, arm, not R&B, like indie pop. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like just shit that you like, I like. I like singing with my music. So yeah. like, I play it super loud and I'm usually singing. And then when I'm singing, I'm like clicking away and just like, okay, and like there you go. Bopping my head. But once I, when I'm really, uh, most of the time when I'm rating my photos, I have to rate, like when I'm picking the photos that I want to use, I have to do that in silence. Really? Yeah. Like, I, cause I'm really focusing. I'm like, all right, these. <laughs> Sounds like a punishment. Yeah. <laughs> Look through 2,000 photos in silence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I do that a lot. And then, um, and then, like, I feel you because I used to do concert photography. Right, right. And, like, um, you kind of, you have to, like, literally, like, go through and, like, analyze the whole entire photo and then maybe, like, do some, like, light editing like can i bring this photo back no it's a yeah. shitty photo all right well whatever what it's else a bummer I sometimes. yeah i shot one that like they had one light and it went out halfway like halfway through Damn. the show it's after dark and all i have is my little like aperture mc yeah. light and i was like i'm gonna give this to you guys to use but <laughs> you i don't know how long it will last yeah. And those, I was shooting at ISO 5000. It was like, I I literally went to the person who hired me, and he's a great guy, nice, great comedian, but I went up to her, and I was like, I just want you to know, this is a very not ideal for photos. (laughs) We got some really good ones in the beginning, but the rest is just kind of a crapshoot. I'm like, these look like they're made of sand. That's that's what these are looking like. Grits. (laughs) Hope you like grits, because I got a lot. Um, No, I, I feel that a lot. So in the in the future, do you have like um, do you have a direction you want to take with animation or videography or photography? I, I think you mentioned that your next thing is like drone footage, right? Yeah, that's like what you're trying to break into. Yeah. Um. Either so, I'm in college. I learned about leadership. I took a leadership class, okay. right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I learned like my my goal is either to be a comedian. Or a creative director of some type of okay, uh, you could do that. You, I could see you doing that for sure. So yeah, I've like that's um, that's what I'm aiming for. And so 
I know in order to be a creative director, you got to learn everything. And Steve mm-hmm. Jobs was one of the greatest. I don't like as much as I shit on Apple, like yeah. all the time, it doesn't go a day where I don't shit on Apple. He was a mastermind in the part where he took all these people who did very, very great work and things. And yeah. he was like, this is what I want. I And I see what you've done in the past. I know you can do this and let them do it. And it's a hands-on approach, like he right. hands-off approach. He took, right. And so I went to, I, and he, and his thing was, he didn't know how it, it worked. He just knew what he wanted. Right. I know how it works. So now I can effectively communicate with people how I want it. Right. And, right. but let them still be great. Cause yeah, yeah. I don't want to, I'm not a helicopter type of person. Like I'm not going to hover over you. I like, if I if I'm working with somebody, I'm working with them because I like their style. I, there's something that I, right. I like. There's like that trust and respect. Yeah, like, exactly. you're here because I like what you do, so I'm going to trust you to do your job. And exactly. Carry through on the vision. So animation, I don't. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on doing animation just because what I've been, I haven't really seen anybody doing the type of animation that I've been doing. Yeah, and yeah. I I really want to. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to add it, the type of animation that I'm doing over videos and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so that's um, a whole new like wheelhouse of things that I, I'm trying to like understand and figure out. And then with videography and photography, I, I went to um, my friend, like I said, my friend's a stylist. So I, and I haven't been taking done doing as much photos that I'd like to. So I'm probably, um, I'm probably going to do a, a photo shoot in a studio i already have a model that i want to use and um do some do a photo shoot with some fancy clothes and try and um get more experience in editorial photography nice because it's like you can be really as dramatic as you want that's when you can kind of like be weird like you can take (laughs) pictures of like dudes and dresses and goats and overalls and people be like high fashion (laughs) 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 and so like uh i just want to get weird but yeah, let's see see I that's 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 what I'm planning on. This some of the stuff that I've been um experimenting with and then um who knows what happens. Yeah. I mean I could I could totally see you being like creative director for projects and yeah. stuff. Like I'd love to see it. Like you do you do so many things like Honestly, you guys, you should definitely follow Caleb. Uh check out his centric vibes. He posts all the photos he's talking about, all the animation. Really cool stuff. Um so this is your day job, right? Right now? Yes. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I don't. I, I'm. I'm not doing anything else at the moment. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I, I. I was teaching. I worked at an office for a little bit, and now, yeah, this. That's my day job. I'm just freelancing, and uh, hustling and getting it day by day. Nice. And uh, I guess through your creative journey, what is the moral of your creative journey? If you've got a, a center point theme. In like one sense, do you have like some that has carried with you this whole way that you've thought about? That's a good question. Wow, what is the? Moral? Yeah, I waited an hour and a half to spring it on you. <laughs> um, the creative theme is um um even if you don't like it put it out anyway because nine times out of ten you're just being super fucking hard on yourself (laughs) yeah i'm i'm my own worst critique so like aren't we all yeah and it's like i've 
I have like I still have stuff that I've worked on that I haven't posted that I'll share with my friends and be like, Caleb, why haven't you put like I they told me I'm a content hoarder. <laughs> and I was just like, what? And so like, yeah, don't be afraid to um put put that stuff out there and people what I've learned is people love the pro they they like they might like the product, but they love the process. Oh, okay. So they they uh, so sometimes they'll they like they like seeing the journey and right right seeing how when i first started animation and then i just did this lupe fiasco thing they're like damn caleb like you just like i remember when you were just drawing literally a trash a trash bag just floating in the air that was like my <laughs> first animation was a garbage bag just like floating and now i'm i drew i drew this thing with it for um lupe fiasco and um virgil and it was kind of just like you wouldn't have expected from that point to get to this point and just like right trust in the process constantly look for for ways to learn and adapt yeah and, yeah um, be adaptive and just don't be so hard on yourself really yeah cuz like <laughs> that's, that's a good one I, i'm i'm super hard on myself and like my friends will hear me talk to myself and be like damn Caleb, you need to be easier on yourself i'm like <laughs> no it's not right <laughs> and um but yeah just trust in your trust in your process um adapt and don't be too hard on yourself learn to laugh at yourself and like if you oh, fuck up sure. like <laughs> it's okay it's kind of like it's kind of like comedy <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> comedy is the hardest because it's just like i'm I, everyone is so hard on themselves yeah. like i'm like I've been doing this two years and like I've got lots of great material, but yeah. three months after I write it, I'm like, fuck that material. It's yeah, terrible. I exactly. hate it. You're like, who the fuck do I People think? People like, I, I am. love that joke. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> no, I, I think with my photography, some of it, I'm like, like, especially when I started, I was like, I don't want to be overconfident. Yeah. And but now it's like I can be uh reasonably yeah. critical and find the sweet spot where I'm like okay, this picture, I know I could have done like a hair better, mm. but I know when this person just crops it and puts it on Instagram, mm. they're going to love yeah. it. So <laughs> Yeah, and that's the, knowing your, know, know who you're making stuff for and like who your audience is. Yep. And like. Know your audience, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, like, like when I took pictures from, uh, for you guys at the um, Lee show at the, the, um, the, the karaoke, karaoke bar, bar. Yeah. And everybody was excuse me geeking about um those those pictures i was like yo these are like i've taken pictures like that before and but they're like everybody's like yo these pictures are fucking tight bro yeah. i was like yo it like i liked it because it made me remember that not everybody ever like always yeah. has dope photos of themselves yeah and like it's nice that's and that was the whole reason of why i did for like one of the main reasons why i did photography is just to like i like capturing things that weren't necessarily there mm -hmm. like i there's something in this person that I see that seems right that they may not be able to see. And if I take a picture and I get them comfortable enough, I'll be able to capture that and share that thing that I see within this person with them. Right. And it like, it boosts conf. I remember I asked this one girl to do a, a photo shoot for me for my brand. After that, it literally changed her lifestyle. She went to the gym every day. She started doing all this stuff. She has 30,000 followers on Instagram. Yo, low-key, bro. Low-key. She, she's like, yo, Caleb, thank you. She's like, she sent me a message random. She's like, yo, thank you for like in involving me in your brand. Like, you never had to do that. You gave me the confidence to like um to find value in myself when wow. I didn't. And it, that shit, like, that shit, like, it stuck with me because I was like, it was just. She was my friend. 
I was like, hey, you want to like, I like, I like your look. You want to, you want to do a shoot? And I guess she never, she didn't really feel, she wasn't feeling good. And I was able to help her feel good and give her, build value, find the value that I saw in her and she saw it back and she just ran with it. And now she's out here posting thirst traps, living her (laughs) best fucking life. You're welcome. I created another thought. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Like what a, what a great story for that. (laughs) Yeah, it's just I I like I have the con- I've always I'm a very confident person when it comes to like me and so yeah. I and I and I understand that not everybody was was came up in a household where that was like okay or people encouraged that type yeah, of yeah. thing and so I like photography is my way of helping people. It's photography therapy. Yeah, honestly, is what I offer. Um, DM <laughs> me and we can talk about it. I'll set up a session and uh, we'll talk about your feelings and shoot. <laughs> See, I'm like the opposite. Like, <laughs> I I feel very detached from my body. Okay. I I don't really have a good image of like how I look. Uh-huh. Like. I dress very clean and simple because yeah. I'm like, okay, this looks nice, yeah. I think. But the rest of it is just like, I feel like I'm just, I am just the speck of light between my eyes. <laughs> and I'm just going through life and I don't feel like, I'm like, like I'm surprised. Like there's there's times when like I would like wear a certain outfit or something and like I would see like people like look at me and mm-hmm. I'd be like, I exist. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, you noticed me? Yeah, I'm just like, I just feel like a fly on the wall, even if I'm the tallest person in the room and like Yo. the person with the best set sometimes just like, oh, wait, you, you thought it was funny? <laughs> Yo, I, that- I, I know everyone laughed, but you thought it was funny? Yeah, oh my God. Like, Yo, that, that, sh- that part is always crazy when you're just like, Wait, you thought it, and you're like, "What do you mean, me? I thought yeah. it was you." And not not to like brag, like I'm not like, "Oh, I'm an amazing comedian." But sometimes it's like I do well, and then like I'm even surprised when people give me the feedback of like, "Good job." Afterward, I'm like, yeah. "What? See, like, I I matter. I yeah, exist. I, like I can make an impact on people." <laughs> yo, <laughs> like facts. I, my favorite part about doing that is is just like hearing hearing the jokes that stick with people like because it's just like oh yeah it's all the insane shit that comes in your mind and you're like that's the one that resonated with you i'm so happy because that one was the one i hated (laughs) i hated myself the most for there's all these like oh the comedy comedy is different yeah it's it's a different type of creativity because it's almost like spoken word poetry but like with punchlines yeah that, that's the hardest part it's like you can be great at public speaking but you've never spoke publicly with the intent of being funny yeah. every 10 seconds and yes and that is yo that is exact because i like i i took well, i took public speaking in school so many fucking times i was class president of in high school yeah bro. yeah like, i could see i it. literally was in the assembly being a fucking dickhead just calling kids out being like but like <laughs> being in a room with people that i i don't know and i'm just like all right this is this is me this is this is what i do or and i try and i honestly i don't even talk about any of the stuff that i do on my comedy set the yeah. sets so it's just like it's just like it's it's hard to sh- it's it's just comedy is comedy is just a different beast oh yeah and Stick around, viewers. I will be interviewing comedians, but I'm going to try not to exclusively interview <laughs> people about comedy because there's just so much of that. You, but, we can geek out for forever. Yeah, we could just talk shit forever. So, but yeah, um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for um, having me. I, once again, this is Caleb Clark. Yes. Um, you can follow him at Caleb.makes.sense, yes. like dollar cents. 
and then also follow his like uh, his actual like project Instagram, mm-hmm. which is Centric Vibes. Yes, check out Cones Collective. Wait yes. for their next drop. Yeah, it'll be probably next year or whenever. Ooh. Whenever Rona's cleared up, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll get shit popping again. The post Rona drop. Post Rona drop. <laughs> yes, exactly what I'm gonna call it now. <laughs> the post Roni. Okay, well, thank you guys for tuning in. Once again, I am Maxim Allen. Uh, this is Don't Quit Your Day Job podcast. You can follow this podcast at DQYDJ underscore pod on Instagram. <laughs> I know it's stupid, but it's Don't Quit Your Day Job. Just all the first letters, underscore pod. Check me out. Give me a follow. Leave a leave a like and a comment. Um, hope you guys enjoy and tune in next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.